0: So I'm liking that. For those of you who've been following us, you might be noticing a little difference in what you're listening to. So that was um, Why You Don't Love Me, Miss America by Joey Badass from the All American Badass uh, Project. So, Taj, what's going on?
1: Nothing much. And uh, for the people who don't like that song, it had nothing to do with that choice. He did it by himself.
0: I felt like I was just thrown under the bus <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that I kind of dig it I, I dig it I like that why you don't love me That's that's, that's real. it's real it's, it's, it's not depressing <laughs> love is a beautiful thing and and without it you know mankind suffers so we are ready to jump into another episode this is episode six for us congratulations Taj, on six well done episodes kiddo Woo! That's it?
1: Yeah. Okay. When we get to
0: 16. <laughs> when we trip to uh, uh, the next season. Uh, I think that uh, we've learned a lot. Like
1: what?
0: Well, one is very still true uh, Black Don't Crack. Okay. we we'll talked about that. Um, we've also discussed some old history. Uh, we just had uh, Brother Kent Alford on. If you haven't listened to episode four, please go back. Please go back and listen to The Man of Many Hats with Mr. Kent Alford, uh, discussing everything from civil rights to NAACP and COVID-19 vaccines in the African-American community.
1: Great conversation, a great conversation. Yeah,
0: absolutely. A couple of things have happened in the last few months while we won on summer break. Uh, we now have a national holiday for Juneteenth. How are we feeling about that?
1: Is that's it's it's shocking that it's just now becoming acknowledged by the government.
0: So right. you experience shock?
1: Yeah, I was like, I kind of thought it was already like a national holiday. Mm. And when I found out that it wasn't, and it just became that, mm-hmm. I was like, wow. All right. yeah. I didn't even know like. There are still new holidays, you know, like being created. Yeah, it's weird. Who does that? All of them were created. We just celebrate, you know. Yeah, this is the newest. Yeah,
0: I agree with you there. Um, I can't say that I was shocked. This is definitely a time of reckoning in our society. We are hearing uh, not just the voices of Black America, but we've been joined by White America. You know, finally, as Dr. King says, free at last. uh, I still have a dream too. And it looks a lot like, not reparations, but understanding and acknowledgement. Another big word, right? Uh, Accountability. Right? The truth about 1965 and freedom and or 1963 with the Emancipation Proclamation. kind of really wasn't the goal to free us. It just kind of happened by stance My own personal opinion is this When the head of the household says Set those people free You expect that immediately after those words are spoken Those people are free Do what I said do He's,
1: like, he's, he's not serious guys so let's, just, right. let's hear it one time and then we do it
0: And how do you know he wasn't serious? Because down in Galveston, Texas Two years later It was like Oh you mean set them free now? Like free free? Yeah Yeah and so they got the word, you know, not. right? Absolutely. So, I'm not mad at America. I, I, I want to say, you know,
1: National Chicken Day is, is acknowledged by the government before Juneteenth was. No, you it's
0: know what national surprises Chicken me Day. is all the national like it's National Secretary Day, it's yeah. National Cousins That's Day, stuff. it's National yeah. Siblings Day. Like what? Yeah,
1: people go out. Right. Banners. Happy National Secretary Day. Let's acknowledge our secretaries. This is bars.
0: <laughs> yeah. Completely. Well, I'm here for it. So, we are going to do what we do. Um, I
1: have a question about you, too, though. Since now it's a national holiday, what do we do to celebrate it? Because I don't want to, you know, typically we'll do like a barbecue or whatever. I think we should do something different for this. Something one. else. Yeah.
0: So, you're thinking kind of along the lines of Dr. King, you know, instead of a day off, it's a day on.
1: Uh... No, I mean, well, I don't know. I so think you want the day off? I want the day off from... From know, work. Not from work, just, you know, being black. Like, <laughs> I I think we should...
0: Wait, uh, let's pause for a minute no, and, and moment, examine moment, that. You, you, you want the, the day going. off from being black.
1: Yeah, and I was about to explain. Oh, what go what ahead. I mean by that. You know, it's just kind of like, no sad eyes from anybody. I mean, like, you know, they acknowledge us as, you know, people. As people. And not black people. Whole people. So we can... And also, I think uh, we should get some one thing for free. Just that would be our like reparation. Just walk into <laughs> one thing. you know a Publix, but like I want that toaster. Give it to me. I'm this, not mad about that June one thing 10th. for free. Yeah, one
0: it wouldn't be a toaster though, guaranteed.
1: Yeah, just whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, each year you get to pick you know. something. So this year I want the toaster. Next year I might come. I like that. I don't know a I'm I'm, waffle maker. I'm,
0: <laughs> Belgian, yeah. but we black. That's not our thing.
1: I think that's what should be the celebration for Juneteenth.
0: Yeah. I like the consideration for Juneteenth as a way of simply acknowledging, Mm -hmm. one, that slavery was very real. Mm -hmm. And that it did not actually end when we said that it did. And for many years, for decades, we've been telling the story of good old Abe Lincoln. Right? Love his hat, but... Didn't do what he set out to do. And I think that if we can acknowledge that, um, then yeah, then we can celebrate. I am not, though, a fan of choosing. I don't think that as African-Americans or blacks that this is an opportunity to say, I'm not going to celebrate July 4th. -hmm. I'm going to celebrate Juneteenth. Because the reality is we've been here for a very long time. And as people have chanted for many years, we have built this country. So, with that in mind, absolutely celebrate July 4th because we are also Americans. And it's the independence of America. I get it. But the acknowledgement at a national level of Juneteenth is progress. And it should also be celebrated. And it should be allowed um, in the homes and hearts of people who are also not black. You know, for those uh, who are allies, who understand that. Uh, slavery was a uh, horrific time for for Black people, for African Americans, for Americans of dark skin, brown skin, you know, anybody along those lines. I think it's great that it's now being acknowledged and it's on the calendar. I'm here for
1: it.
0: Yeah. yeah. So your we have. check
1: your, your calendars on your phones, hmm. right there.
0: Absolutely. Pay me. <laughs> Pay vacation. So one of the things that I wanted to do uh, in this episode is, Taj, we are uh, looking at just young African-American males, right? Mm-hmm. So today, this episode includes you a little more personally yeah. than, uh, than some of our other episodes. So are you ready to dive into your business? Are we going to talk about it? My business. Your business. <laughs> what? We're diving in. We're going talk about this. Okay. Who left the house last night at 1130? I'm kidding. <laughs> but to our listeners, I want to introduce uh, a very good friend of mine. Uh, we met in college. I was very impressed with this brother, and I am not surprised that he is where he is today. Um, and so he is solely the inspiration for this episode. As I began to write notes for what we would do next, uh, my friend to my right my classmate from undergrad Fayetteville State University you guys say hello to Devin Davis Devin say hello to the people man
2: what's going on man what's going on appreciate y'all for having me here first and foremost and uh I'm ready to jump into it man long overdue yeah Yeah. long
0: overdue it (laughs) is I, I I agree man I'm so glad that you came uh
2: you took a nice little ride to get here yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, right now I'm stationary in Louisiana, Lafayette, and uh, it's a 14-hour trip to get back 14 here. 14 hours. Yes, sir. Yeah. Nothing short of it. <laughs> nothing short of it. Good lord. Did you get stopped? Twice. Twice. Of course, Alabama. <sighs> he know
1: yeah, it. Alabama. Got stopped twice. Stop twice. I just left the, there. The time period, like the,
2: between each yeah. one. So the first one. I got stopped for following an 18 or too close, quote unquote. That's a mm-hmm. thing in Bama. I'm guessing so, right? He put out a ruler. To yeah, table. right, right. <laughs> now I'm not speeding, nothing. I ain't hurting nobody. Minding <laughs> my, no. my business. Yeah, and I say probably, man, two hours max, if that hour and a half. That's not long enough. Not long at <laughs> <was just> all. <laughs> not long enough to get rid of that I would paranoia. Think this is the
1: same guy. It gotta be. He's <laughs> following me.
2: I think so, they talking on the radio said, watch out for the guy in this silver boom boom boom
1: did you you got off with like a warning warning like, both, both
2: times okay, yeah that's good yeah uh, and your life and that's my a, man come amazing. on now <laughs> you know it's kind of crazy um when the police come to the car now you get pulled over or whatever mm-hmm. you're following these unwritten procedures to keep your life yeah. yeah you know both hands on the wheel or both hands visible um you know did you immediately up- go to the and two? Easy, easy. Yeah. Or you know, or if it weren't ten and two, it would may have been ten and ten, where you just <laughs> just double up on the top of the wheel, right? Just look, you see both of them. I got nothing on me, man. You yeah. know, and um, it's it's weird because it's, you know, that's that's the difference between living and dying now. Right. That is correct. So yeah. um, any so, yeah. stop, yeah, any whether stop. whether it's speeding
0: or. You didn't come to a complete stop. What do they call it? A roll stop. A roll
2: stop. Can end your day right now. Um, Sandra Bland, all right? She didn't use her turning signal. Yes. She didn't use her turning signal. She gets pulled over, she gets her head slammed in the concrete, and then she dies in the jail cell days later. Seemingly of a self inflicted situation. Right. Come on, man. We're talking about a turning signal. A turn of signal, <laughs> yikes! You know what I mean? So, so yeah, so yeah, it's it's, it's a different ball game with the police.
0: Yeah, when
2: you were stopped
0: the first time, were you still in Louisiana or had you crossed into Alabama? Crossing the Bama. Okay, um, so Alabama still has like that
2: air of white racistness. Put to to be fair, because uh, I haven't dealt with like. The society of Alabama, like you know, mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't engaged with the people or just hung out in the, in the state. Uh, I got pulled over twice. Both was white cops. One was female. The first one was female. Second one was male. Mm-hmm. So I can't even say it's a you know a, a, a white male thing or you know, but I can't say it's a white thing. <laughs> if you're a black person in a decent looking car, so mm-hmm. far, so yeah. far.
0: I can tell you from personal experience, Mm. when I purchased my vehicle, Mm. I was stopped six times within roughly a month and a half. Never actually given a ticket. I still can't tell you why I was stopped. But on every occurrence before he departed, he said, what kind of car is this?
2: Sir, you got it in the, in the system. One guy even asked me. <laughs> you know what, I mean? what are we talking about? One,
0: one, one man asked me at the gas station. He walked past me. I said, how are you doing, sir? He just looked He kept walking. On his way back, I was just wrapping up from pumping gas. And he walked past me again and he got almost back to his vehicle. And he looked back, bewildered, and he said, what do you do?
2: Single drug dealer, no, right? Yeah, yeah. Give him, yeah, give him some just hardcore. Just <laughs> yeah. You gotta mess with him. Yeah. Gotta, uh, it was an opportunity. I was I like, I'm
0: to
2: it. But, uh, yeah, right. my cousin is that too. <laughs> hey, get out of here.
3: I
0: was just shocked. And I mean, I've driven many cars in my life, and I've never been asked, What do I do? Right, you know, as a result of the vehicle that I'm driving. Uh, but I think I said to him, I was retired. Mm hmm. And he was just like, oh. And he went on his merry way. That's but you know, I feel I did feel like. I like, like it
1: because he didn't really answer the question. I did. Yeah, <laughs> it like, yeah. was. I did something and I'm done doing it. Yeah. yeah I like that. Answer.
0: It's a thing. Profiling is very real. I, I will say this. I grew up in an era where I just believed I was just who I was, I right. was not um, cognizant. That I had to move throughout my life um, as a black man. I had to do this or that or not this and not that. Mm-hmm. I was just me,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know. I was a red bone, you know, yellow boy, mm-hmm. as they called me the, uh, growing up. But I was never thinking, "I'm the black kid" or "I'm the black man in the room" or "I have to do this because I'm black" or "Don't do that because I'm black." And then I got older. And the world around me was just constantly, like, blazing at me. Like, bruh, this thing is happening because we are black men. And I've never wanted to play the race card. It's like the last thing in my hand. Like, right. I, I'm going to drop everything else. Right, you th- give th- it a chance. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we had a misunderstanding, blah, 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 blah. It's been a bad day for everybody. No one wants to work in customer service. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And a life of service is a life of service. And sometimes the people you protect are the people who get on your very last nerve. Mm-hmm. Last nerve. No more nerves. And he pulls you over. Right. Right. And you're black. Mm-hmm. And you add fear to that. And you add preconceived notions. And you add last week I saw the movie Juice. Oh <laughs> yeah. anything can happen. Yeah. And so a simple stop can result in the loss of life as we have seen uh, many times over. Yeah. Um and so I'm I'm actually glad that, you know, one, I'm still here as a father, um, soon to be forty four. Hey, birthday, you birthday, it's your birthday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. but also sitting 22. across from my son who is twenty two years old and mm-hmm. we've never had that issue. I haven't had to uh comfort him because of something that happened in the streets with regards to Police officer, and we've had those conversations about how to navigate that. And you know, I mean, he was younger, I remember this conversation about uh Trayvon Martin. I was like, My son looks like Trayvon Martin to Mm -hmm. me, and that could be him, you know. It's what August, and what is Mm -hmm. he wearing, Devin? If you would, if you would just describe Uh, (laughs) for
2: the people, what is my son wearing? My guy's blacked out right now, black Dewey, Dewey red.
1: Hey, you Black know hoodie. I wouldn't wear this outside. Though. We're not, in yeah, you know. <laughs> but we you know we've had the conversation
0: yeah. about the hoodies in the, in the streets and yeah. you know with do rag. The waves are nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on now, you know yeah, it's working. I, I, yeah, you know yeah, they're working. Guys, guys. <laughs> I'm glad that he's a he's a young man of character that he doesn't you know rock the do rags like you know yeah. out in the streets. Like believe it or not. But it's sad like, that we have to be aware of such small where, yeah. details. I
2: mean, because let's examine it, right? We're talking about a headscarf, mm-hmm. right? Do rag is, is a headscarf for males or for female. Whoever's trying to get waves, mm-hmm. and it could be a sign of a threat. Yeah, I mean, we're trying to manipulate our hair. Let's this just break it down to, to things like, like gangs. <laughs> we're manipulating violence. our hair, and now, like you said, it's attached to violence, gangs, and. And you are the ultimate threat. Uh-huh. A hoodie, same thing. Trayvon Martin, uh, or anybody that has it over their head. It, yeah. uh, anybody that's black, you yeah, know, yeah. you're you're this threat. You you know you can't. You know you look suspicious. Right. Uh, I, it it sucks that we have to be in this structure, this box. You know what I mean to to be less judged or to be whatever accepted mm-hmm. it's- it's accepted by society, mm-hmm. and um, you know it. Those those things I've noticed for a long time, right? Yeah. So my first one of my first friendships was with a white guy, mm-hmm. um, and this was down in Marietta, Georgia. So normal friendship. We're probably in third grade or something like that. Yeah, best friends. We live in the same neighborhood. We hang out every day. His father was more on the uh, you know tough badass side. You know, let me keep my son tough. Let me make sure he's. You know he's not the he's not getting bullied, so he might have to be the bully. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean, kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. And we went on a field trip, and I mean we're in like I said, this is second maybe third grade. He's telling his son, go ahead and like crack jokes on him, like you know go ahead crack jokes, boom, turn around on the we're taking the bus to the wherever we're going for the field trip, turn around, cracking jokes, boom. I'm not really saying nothing, kind of laughing it off. Mm-hmm. Um. One time I I got upset I couldn't be a line leader or something like that <laughs> yeah <it's laughs> something simple yeah everybody to wants to be the line you leader you want to roll when you're in elementary it don't matter if it's a door holder Different. yeah line leader <laughs> uh water pusher you know, Again, you know one two three go All right so uh, I was upset I had to go to the back of the line he comes back oh it's okay you a little spoiled brat you know I mean he's saying this to my face so um, it gets to a point where he's repetitively saying this he's repeatedly Uh, Telling his son to do this And the teacher steps in And and pulls him to the side Mm -hmm. Now I'm eavesdropping on the conversation I remember he's saying She's pretty much saying You need to calm down You know, this is just a kid Boom, boom, boom He's Nah, he's just a spoiled little brat Boom, 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 boom I'm like, all right. So, you know I let my mom know let my father know Mm -hmm. Uh, My father went down and talked to him To this day And my dad passed away So I don't know what that conversation was And I don't know Mm -hmm. what that exchange was um, but I also let my uncles know and let's just say my uncles handled him at one of my basketball games. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, goes yeah. down to the basketball yeah, game. Yeah, <laughs> to this day he remember that one. He remembers that ass whooping. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But, um, uh, it, me and Alex friendship was fractured after that. I, I think mm-hmm. it was maybe two days later me and him got into the fight at the bus stop. Uh-huh. Right? And um it, it from that point on, I, I didn't know it was black and white thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I just thought it was a hating dad, you know, mm-hmm. towards his son thing. So as I got older, okay, moved back up to Fayetteville. I was born here, all right. But then we moved to Marietta for about five, six years. Came back up. Um, I lived out in the uh, Lake Rim States, out close to being the outskirts of Fayetteville before they built up the. Walmart and that end of Rayford Road. Okay, with with everything over there now. Gotcha. ABC Store, Bojangles, you, you name it. Um, so, I grew up in the neighborhood, and the neighborhood was mixed, you know. So it was perfect, and I was a a ball player. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to hoop, and sports is always a good outlet to go to to step away from uh, the world's issues. You know, the world issues. We're just receptive of that unfortunately you mm-hmm. know for whatever reason skin color lifestyle you name it yeah but sports is that that safe place where like all that don't matter you know we're trying to win we're trying right. to compete we're trying young, to young yeah just have fun you old, Right. short tall dark skin light skin no it, hair man if you love the game you you know what I mean you're accepted Um. so that was a good um, separation from all that but when we moved to a predominantly white neighborhood from about my fifth grade year, and we're still there to this day. Oh, it kicked all the way back in, mm-hmm. you know, or, or the reality of racism was starting to really set in at this point because I'm able to recognize it. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm the complete eyeball in a um, in a neighborhood that is conservative. Uh, like I said, it is usually older people, mm-hmm. you're retired. You're, you know, you you have your ways set in stone. Let me ask this question, Um,
0: and this is something, uh, Todd, you may have experienced this or maybe not. Can you recall at the earliest age when your color was an issue, when you realized I'm black and it's problematic for some people? Did you ever have that? Easily 6th
2: sixth grade. 6th sixth grade. Oh, you're 6th grade. What is that? About? You're Probably about 11, 11 12. Yeah, 11, mm-hmm. 12. Yeah, you know, about 11 or 12. Um, it was the first time all my friends were white. Really? Yeah, yeah when I was in the neighborhood. Now, I still had my school friends, so, you mm-hmm. know, excluding them. Um, I went to Ireland Drive, Douglasburg. Okay. You know, that's predominantly black over there. Uh, but in the neighborhood, I was the only black friend or black person that hung mm-hmm. out with the, the young crowd. Were you ever like...
0: Was that like... Was the friendship predicated on you being black? Like, this is Devin, my black friend.
2: Were you the token See, they tried to make me out to be that way. And not uh-huh. all of them. Because um, I had a really good friend uh, named Josh. We always played basketball together. And me, him, and Chris, who eventually moved to the neighborhood, we raised money within the neighborhood uh-huh. to buy a basketball court and put it in the back of the neighborhood. Right, So... Um, he was one that was separated but a lot of them were the you know oh yeah I'm, this is my black friend or you know you should know these yeah. things because you're black you know I I, have, I was the spokesman for the black world yeah Um. so anything any issues it was like well Devin what do you think yeah one of them <laughs> and, and you know you just it's also the, the stereotype mm-hmm. you should be this way or you should know because. these things yeah because you're black Yeah. Now, what about you kiddo um, Any I've experiences never, with being,
1: like,
0: the black kid?
1: I've never experienced anything. Like, the closest The closest thing was when I was at Bojangles, and this is when I was working maintenance, so I was wiping down the windows outside, and this old white lady came up and was like, I'm to do that for me in my house. And I was like, I don't know. Like, that, never. That's the closest thing. <laughs> yeah, that's the closest thing I've right. i Right. Like, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's just running in your windows clean. Yeah. But, no, I've never really... Uh, I've been fortunate enough that I really experienced, uh, you know, blatant racism, like to my mm-hmm. face. Maybe I'll just go over, I don't know. I'm just going, I'm just oblivious to something. like that. I
0: tell you this: if you haven't, you know, good, mm-hmm. right? Because when you do, you don't forget it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first experience with um, racism or issues of race for me happened when I was nine years old, mm-hmm. and up until that point. I was just the black kid living in the neighborhood with my black brother and sister and my mom and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. We were just us. We were not black. We just were. Mm-hmm. And um, I was at a I was at Perrine Elementary. Hey, Ms. Bowman. <laughs> and um, I got into it with, I thought he was my friend, mm-hmm. a young white kid in the neighborhood named Patrick. And it seemed like So long as I was doing what Patrick wanted, you know, we were typical boys throwing rocks, running and racing, you know, thought we were faster with our shoes off. So we ran up and down the streets. Uh, We rode on our bikes and, you know, gliding to rocks. And one day we were coming home. I can't even tell you what the argument was about. But what I do remember is in the process, Patrick called me a effing nigger. Mm, Nice. (laughs) And then he attempted to speed away on his bike. Mm -hmm. But he forgot. I was definitely a runner. No good. Yeah, he didn't get very far. Go ahead, catch him. I I walked that little bike down before he could break maximum speed. And I got a good old hold of his backpack Mm -hmm. and snatched him clean off that bike. And once his body hit the ground, I grabbed the other side of him and I threw him as hard as I could into a tree. The dad was battling the civil rights movement. <laughs> <laughs> and the tree ended up, there was a little branch or something sticking out that had broken. But it impaled him quite nicely. He was bleeding and it was a nasty little sight. And of course mm-hmm. he screamed bloody murder and he jumped on his bike and he ran home. Mm-hmm. We continued to walk home, my sister with me, and um, got to the house. And not too long after that, his mother shows up knocking mm-hmm. on the door with him. And I opened the door because I'm trying to keep my mom out of it. But as soon as I opened the door, he screams,
3: that's him. He did it. Mm
0: -hmm. You know. So the mother wants to, she immediately starts, you know, going in on me. But she's an adult talking Mm -hmm. to a child in the fourth grade. I think I'm like nine years old at this point. Mm -hmm. So my mom, who's asleep, hears this cursing from this adult voice. And that's not going to happen. Not on mommy's watch. (laughs) You know. So... The mom comes to the door to handle it and mm-hmm. I remember she kind of like you know I would say she guided me like in the house this wasn't for kids you know what I'm saying she was going to deal with the mother adult to adult yep. um, and I remember that much but I never forgot what that felt like and the crazy part about it was Patrick was my friend and I've seen this play out in television movies ever since where a man or woman of color befriend someone who is white. And then if things don't go their way, there's always this moment of reckoning where you're reminded that you're black. Or <clears throat> in their particular narrative, you're the nigger. Mm-hmm. And there's just something about that that really never set well with me. So we were not friends again. We were not friends. We walked home, you know, because we had to follow the same path, but we didn't do it together. But I promise you, the next time he calls somebody a nigger, Mm -hmm. it won't be within running distance, (laughs) you know. And much like I remember him, he probably also remembers me for that very reason. Um, Probably got a scar.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, there
0: should be a nice scar there, you know. Um, Outside of that, I don't know that I've been. I've been called colored, you know, by Mm -hmm. one of my roommates uh, in the Marine Corps, his father. When Mm -hmm. he learned that I was, you know, a black kid from Miami, he was like, Mm -hmm.
2: what? They got you living with some Mm colored? You know, I was like, oh, that that older generation (laughs) is is set on, you know, these are Negroes and we're, you know, the superior race. You know what I mean? And, uh... (sighs) I mean, it's, it's rough. It's rough because it makes you think about the long-term effects of them teaching it to the next and the next and the next. Mm-hmm. And here we are thinking... Uh, oh, it doesn't die. It's, ne- it's never yeah. going to die. Yeah. So what do we do?
0: I was just in Selma, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was photographing. And um, I went to the cemetery because the dead tells a story, too. Yeah. And I got to the cemetery. and you know, trying to figure out if there's anything interesting. And what do I find? Confederate flags placed on graves. And these graves were from the 1800s and died in the early 1900s. But there is someone who is maintaining these flags and coming out to replace them and and ensure. Now, the grass was growing up all over, Mm. but the Confederate flags were new. The red was popping. They're still redlining in those deep. South yeah, states. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, why I asked Louisiana that question City. about Alabama because it's mm-hmm. it's really states like you know certain parts of Georgia, yeah. Mississippi, which yeah. just recently got rid of the Confederate flag as as a part of its state flag. Mm-hmm. You know those places are still
2: very much considered old South, and very yeah. old world. So so I could tell you about Louisiana. Um, they redline pretty much through their zip code, mm. right? Like separating poor usually black folk rich usually White every folk. other culture folk or you know ethnicity folk yeah. and um, through property lines right mm-hmm. so lafayette there's a north side south side um if i'm saying this correctly south side is where you find your your up to date properties your Good eating, your grocery stores, Mm -hmm. you know, Whole Foods, things like that. North side, you cross these railroad tracks. And it's like this in every, uh, I think in in the South it's like that for sure. But Mm -hmm. in every part where there's the best part of the city and the worst part of the same city, it's this railroad track that always separates it. Mm -hmm. And once you cross it, I mean, you and you poor. You are in the poorest part of the city, but it's majority of the city. You see what I mean, or it's at least half of the city, and it's not funded. It's not invested in. You, I'm not even blaming the people at this point because when you're born into it, you're born into a this yeah. this pile of you know mud, right? And they're telling you to clean it up. Mm-hmm. Well, it's mud. It's all on your shoe. It's everywhere. You're rolling around, and yeah. you don't even know it until you're able to recognize that this is mud. Yeah. You see what I mean? So, um, you got to start looking at who's making decisions to -hmm. keep it this way. Yeah. Now I'm looking at the government. I'm looking at local officials, right? Now you start analyzing it. They're hella conservative, right? They're hella Republican. They keep a stronghold on it year by year or election after election. So when these things are the same as they were 60 years ago, Mm -hmm. when we had less laws and we was looked at even more viciously. Or more of a threat. All they're doing is just carrying out those same orders, those same structures, year after year after year. And what happens is they start to say, "Well, the people could be better. The people are lazy. You know, people aren't doing this and that." Once again, you're born into it and you don't know. Mm-hmm. And then you're not being educated on either. I think y'all saw Texas that decided to cut out teaching about like pretty much Black history and. African Americans were slaves. Martin Luther King. They're they're, they're cutting out yeah. that our side of the history, and that's just one of the actions from their system of oppression. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. You look at Texas
0: and it's like, okay, so we got Juneteenth and now you want to pull yeah. slavery and yeah. Black history out of the, they were the school really system.
1: Diving into anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. scratching serious, the surface. Yeah. yeah. I just found out about Fred Hampton like this. This year, when uh, Judas, Judas and the Black Massage came out, mm-hmm. yeah, I was kind of upset that I've never heard of Fred Hampton. The, the yeah, the, the Black Massage.
2: There, there are so cool many,
0: man. there are so many black
2: narratives yeah. that we'll never hear. Yeah, but we'll yeah. learn about Eli Whitney and the cotton gin, right? <laughs> right. We, thank you, you know, so who, Thank you, Eli. <laughs> thank you. Right, we'll <laughs> learn about Jim Crow so fast and all his glorious days, right? I yeah. mean, we learn about these. These figures that just shitted on our ancestors. Yeah, Robert E. Lee. Robert just E. Lee. Let's give him a couple of statues and buildings Come on. all over America. And the test will be on him. Right. <laughs> the test were on him. No Fred's, no, no Malcolm's. I mean, not even um, Minister Farrakhan, mm-hmm. right? Who's probably our. Too controversial. Our Way too But even, even, even in those names,
0: you know, you, um as you as you call those names, those are names that are more prevalent, even though the, the information is, you know, minuscule, you still hear those names, but then there are names that just do not get heard at all. You know. I didn't know of a John Lewis for mm-hmm. for yeah. for much of my life. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um when I went to uh you know being in New Orleans, mm-hmm. you know, I went to the cemetery and you see all of these above ground tombstones, mm-hmm. you know, headstones and things. And there's always like a little tour or something going on. There's yeah. Like, there's they, like, there's like, this, like this history. Right. When you look at New Orleans now, it is, you know, it is thick with black culture. Mm-hmm. But when you take these tours, you hear all of this white American, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um... Pomp and circumstance. It's like then we did this and then we did this and then we did right. this. They're the historical figures. Yeah, yes. but, but everyone wants to tell you about the horrors that were done to black people mm-hmm. as though our history begins there. Like, right. You know, that was the contribution. We were slaves first. Right. Okay, well, we were here before that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, slavery happened. Yeah.
2: Doctors, lawyers, mm-hmm. uh, healers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, all these, all these high valued. Titles, right? We came over as that, mm-hmm. and it just didn't matter. We're just, you know, we're just seen as black. I mean, it's the same thing today. Yeah, right. You, you have a degree. You're educated. I, you know, I'm. Ed- and if we get pulled over, all that doesn't show, and it, it, don't it doesn't matter. matter. It don't yeah. even because matter. it's, it's like you're black. You're black. You fit the bill to be victimized, or you know, have you ever fit the
0: description literally? Because
2: I've been told that before. Uh, you
0: know, you fit the description of a vehicle that was involved mm-hmm. in a in a robbery. Yeah. At the time, I was driving my son's truck. I was coming in from work. I worked uh, out in corporate mm-hmm. uh, late night. It's a GMC Envoy. Mm-hmm. Okay, like is it me or it, I was like, so who's robbing a store in a white GMC Envoy? Mm-hmm. I mean, you must have turned the lights on. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? But I fit the description I played it cool I was just like you know 10 and 2 I yeah. waited I didn't reach for anything yep. until I was asked to provide it yep. you know I answered the questions of the officer it was weird because the man who was speaking to me was to my left and behind me but the man with his hand on his gun shining the light in my face was to my right and I was just like I'm not even going to entertain you because mm-hmm. you ready to, you know you ready to go there and I ain't done nothing so right Yeah, so, you know, answer the questions. She's like, put your hands out the window. So, I'm like, I feel like I'm playing hokey-pokey. You put your right hand in. (laughs) You know, so I'm sitting in a driver's seat, but my hands are literally like this. Mm -hmm. It's a game for him, man. Yeah. It's crazy. He's got questions. He's got questions. A light and a weapon, which he's ready to pull. So, I'm like, I'm not going to give you what you might be looking for, because I'm not that guy. If you're looking for that description, driving a white GMC envoy who just robbed a gas station. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well sure. But that happens in our society. But I wanna ask you this, because I've always like I say I've been impressed with you, man, since we met in school. Uh you just moved differently from our classmates. We had good classmates. Yeah, yeah we did. But yeah. you know, there was something different about you. Appreciate you know him, um uh you were at the time, was it a teacher's assistant? Yes, sir. Teacher. Yeah. And I remember you were doing a program there, uh, mm-hmm. with ties and the young brothers in school. Yes. Is that correct? Yeah. Let's talk about that. Like how did that go? How did you decide to what brought that to you as a as a way to contribute to, to young to young brothers coming up?
2: Um, I give a lot of credit to um the schools placing me in position to um roam around and, and deal with the kids that were having issues in the classroom, behavioral issues in the classroom. Okay. Um, side note, you know, I was never eligible from an academic or experience standpoint to deal with behavioral um, troubled students. Mm-hmm. I just fit the bill because I'm black, mm-hmm. right? You can relate. That's literally it right these positions of like diversity and things like that sometimes you just fit the bill because of your skin color or your minorityism if that's even a word <laughs> you know what i mean so would we'll you say being a minority qualified be, you it, that's it <laughs> so um so they placed me in that position to deal with them and, and and get to the bottom of what was going on with them um but i kind of took that and rolled with it from a standpoint of all right you're you know, number one, I was that same kid. Nine out of ten report cards, I had talkative, uh, disturbs class. You know, could do more, right? Kind of deal. Now I'm a only child growing up, uh, raised by a single mother. Um, you know, it took me a while to start doing school, sports, and, and, and basketball things like that. So I'm coming home three o'clock, talking to nobody till maybe five or six when mm-hmm. my mom get home. And she's tired, right? I mean, she's still gonna have things to do, rather right? Laundry, cook for us, or, or take a nap, whatever the case is. So her time is still being used to provide. So I'm talking to nobody, <laughs> you know, till the next day at school, all right? And uh, that's that's when I tried to get it all in. Mm-hmm. But it was causing a distraction. It was, you know, during times the teacher was teaching and things like that. But then I was labeled as a bad student. You know, I was labeled as lazy, and all these other things that just to this day aren't true um so the relatability allowed me to move beyond just you know oh, he's a troubled student um and then eventually it was seven eight fifteen, twenty students right now i'm getting so now I'm getting a group of these guys, and it was time to let them figure it out together right one on one is good but Um, nobody can I can't influence them the way their peers can in a sense right you ever see students and you could attest to this as an educator um, when when they got their friends in in the classroom they click up oh yeah you know what I mean like they click up oh yeah that that, that peer that peer appreciation appreciation or yeah yeah, I mean that's big you know what I mean we're the the guardians and we're you know as adults mm -hmm. we're gonna tell the students what to do correctly and why to do it correctly Mm -hmm. and stuff Peers are going to tell you what to do because this is how we feel. Or, you know, I said appreciation. Yeah, right. I meant validation. At vali- right. Validation. Yeah. Right. So, um, so I started formulating an idea to, to have them together and then creating these spaces of communication or creating these spaces of leadership. Right. Usually, troubled students get punishments. You mm-hmm. know, to deal with negative consequences or consequences that's that's detrimental to them learning or being in the school or the classroom, whatever. Um, I created more of a you no know, you you you're talkative that's good let's get you read into pre k elementary mm-hmm. right let's um let's start doing let's give you roles around the school right we're going classroom classroom dropping off um it used to be bags full of snacks for the students that were really uh struggling at home you know it was it was like a nutrition kind of thing um you, you know, you you give them these roles to let them know. Listen, this is this is what you could earn. This is what you could do. This is you have this in you, mm-hmm. right? You just have to think twice before you make a decision off emotion. Yeah. What grade were you teaching at the time? Second, second. second grade. Started off yeah. uh, first school that was at Ferguson Easley, okay. and that was a uh, K through second. And they're what six and seven at this point. Now. No. At, oh, at, at, um, at, at yeah, yeah. They're grade. about they're about seven. Yep, six, seven years old. Seven years old. Mm-hmm.
0: So you chose ties as a way of like like connecting
2: t- ties as far as like like tying ties. Because I remember you asking about the donations. Um, nope, it wasn't ties. It was um really it was kind of like our uh, call it like roundabout reading. Ah. yeah, it was the roundabout reading. Um, we did school supply drive. Okay. The supplies, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah it, was, it was school supplies. Okay, in the beginning of the school year, um, every two weeks we did the reading around the uh, for the pre K kindergarten, and then it was a Christmas um, Christmas toy drive. Mm-hmm. I did for the I think seven mentees I had, okay. and they were in pretty much I dealt with them because of quote unquote their issues in the classroom. Um, by the time Christmas came around. Entire attitudes was flipped. Their mm-hmm. entire performance was flipped. Um, they had nothing but pretty much positive reviews coming from the teachers at this point. Mm-hmm. And it it started with treating them as if they was never in trouble in a sense. Right. It was just listen. You, so instead of reinforcing the troubled past, right. You gave them a new, a Man, new direction. Yeah. Tell me. Tell me what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. You know. You ask them these questions of what's what's on their mind, and you know, but you don't ask in this. Tell me right now, you know, your tone should be casual with kids. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. They, a lot of times they don't know better, and especially in the household. Mm. You know? Now I understand kids are observant mm-hmm. right? They 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 show emotions, and then they they're very good actors. They'll repeat actions that they see. Mm-hmm. So if they're getting the wrong things shown to them in the household, best believe they'll bring it to the classroom, and vice versa when they're getting shown. Discipline and manners and a way of communicating to adults that gets shown in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So, okay, the root isn't you. The root is your household, your parents, your guardians. They're not doing something correctly. Well, let's step over in this classroom and, and have an entirely different attitude. Yeah, a and, different exchange. Yeah, and you don't get and you don't blame a child, mm-hmm. right? Now they feel comfortable to reform. Yeah. So that for you, you know, you were what? 20 what at that time 25 26 about 25 yeah 25 about 25 to 27
0: mm-hmm. you know so you mentioned that your your father passed away yeah we have that in common how old were mm-hmm. you when you lost your father 14 ninth grade year. yeah I was 12 mm-hmm. yeah a lot of my direction in manhood came from what I call borrowed experiences mm-hmm. you know from the men around me my uncles um you know my grandfather's my grandfather's brothers still my uncle's but also had really amazing cousins uh who contributed you know after your father um uh, after your father's uh death who was that male figure or who were those male figures that contributed
2: to the young man Devin uh short list um first one would be my uncle Jarvis uh which is my mother's brother um and he's from the streets, which is funny, you know. He, <laughs> so he taught me what he knew, but, you know, a lot of things I couldn't use today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Can't use all of it. But, but he stepped up in a way that I could never imagine and I'm always going to be thankful for. He's, he's today one of my best friends, right? Um, my Uncle Larry, who was my father's brother. Wow. Yeah, he, he stepped up big time. He actually, I forgot, a couple weeks out we just started watching Roots. All like seven chapters, eight chapters. You know, it's oh, wow. Roots, yeah, Roots yeah. is long. Yeah, that, that's a good one to get yeah. you all in your feelings. Yeah, you want to everybody white. Man, I mean, <laughs> you, you, you ticked off, but then you also just amazed that this is how it really was? I mean, you you're shocked that it could we could just be enslaved. You know what I right. mean? Um And um My aunt's husband at the time named Eric. Um, down in Georgia as well, really good dude, Um, he called me, you know, it was, you know, older guys, sometimes they expect the young guys to call them, Mm -hmm. y'all gotta reach down to us, you know what I mean, (laughs) y'all gotta, y'all gotta reach back to us and make us feel like, oh, okay, we're not bothering them, or you "You matter, yeah, we matter to y'all, and then we'll reciprocate, you know, it makes Mm -hmm. it easier for us, Um, so he called, you know, he picked up, I mean, you know, I mean jokes man you know a lot of jokes was was given during this time i'm a jokester kind of guy mm-hmm. so it was that was my coping mechanism probably um but those three guys was by far the the, the biggest ones to step up and the only ones to step up to be honest mm-hmm. um so to this day you know they, we we we're still good we're still tight um but i don't you know i don't really walk with a, a male figure to go to right now and it's mm-hmm. been like that for a long time are you okay with that? Like, how how are you nah, feeling? Man. No. Yeah, nah, man. I mean, I I would love a a mentor, mm-hmm. right, for this journey. I mean, I I want to do some really more impactful things, mm-hmm. right, and I want to be able to have a a good guide in my ear, somebody saying the right things or helping you still helping me, yeah, step by step. Now, you know, I'm I'm not waiting on them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're making moves. Yeah, I'm gonna keep pushing without them. And you know, like I said, I kinda of did this this whole thing on my own as far as a only child thing. So I've always been my only person to lean on when, mm-hmm. when shit get thick. Yeah. You know? Taj understands that only child
0: experience. Yes sir. It's yeah. fantastic. I mean, then look, listen, <laughs> we're the, we the recipients of it, of it all, you know what I mean? And the only way yeah, at like no. that. I mean, I decided to just give all of my, you know, life insurance money to yeah. somebody else, yeah. you know, just to mess with them. There you go, there you go. Sit at the table and stuff. Right. Like, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. you get nothing. Surprise. Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's just, yeah, it's cool, though, man. You yeah. know what I mean? Because once you get used to it, it makes not leaning on the world for... Problem solving and all that other stuff easy. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, you like you don't you, you don't get bored like nah it's you know self entertainment mm-hmm. other things entertain me. I'm not I don't need a sibling to have fun. What yeah? will have cousins and stuff not friends, I'm like right, yeah, some weirdo. Like, <laughs> yeah. <don't> <laughs> some weirdo. Yeah. Like,
2: you just, you know, gotta go to a house that also, has less people. They yeah. also
1: think they automatically think you're spoiled. When you're yes, me on you child. Yes, yeah. Do you yes. feel spoiled? Not true. No. Yeah. Okay. I uh, like the stuff I have, I've earned. Mm-hmm. You guys made that, you know, yeah. very clear. So, yeah, yeah, we, we were not giving away. Ain't nothing. Yeah. yeah.
0: I was like, what you willing to do for it? Like, you remember the playstations? Yes. Uh, that didn't come easy. That came. It came in a weird way when
1: it did. Play, the games came first for some reason. Then so I, I had games you can't play. Yeah, you just stand. Year I had. I remember. I, Iron Man two. No Iron Man and Sonic. And mm-hmm. I was just. I was just. I was just look at them because I couldn't play them for like a year or something. It was mm-hmm. really weird. Why did y'all do that to me? Yeah. <laughs>
0: because I was like, yeah, it's like, well, it was about your grades, you okay. know, and I wanted him to work as a kid. Of course, you're not working a job, but you know, at that age, the focus is. Making great grades in school, and so I was like, I'm not gonna just give him a $400 game system. I don't have a $400 game system, and I have a job,
2: right? <laughs> right.
0: You know, so it was like, yeah, it was like $250. Yeah, yeah, it was like a it split, was like you know, it's like you know, back we, back. we we want these grades to you know be at the level of these gifts, yeah, yeah. And so we set the we set the we set the goal, and um and he worked for it. Mm-hmm. And the I remember teacher. one year there was a I think the, the agreement was straight A's. Mm-hmm. And he he came home with pretty much he had it. Okay. But he had a B. Mm-hmm. And the B was in math. Now, his mom and I both were like, look, now you know we did not do well in math when no we were in it's school. like okay. And no so yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah. we had this conversation. So she was like, are you going to get it for him? I was like, I thought about it. But let me tell you, and this is, and I love this guy over here. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I genuinely like him. You know, aside from being yeah, genuinely. his That's father. Important. Because yeah, when right. when Taj gave me his report card, you know, it, it only had the one B in math. And I knew he had struggled with math, you know, previously. Um but the agreement was for straight A's. When he gave me the card, he was like, I was so close He said, Next time. He didn't pout. He didn't try to negotiate you know. Yeah. I was, but oh, I got just that one B dad, you know, what I give for that. He didn't. He oh, just God. he gave me the you know, he, he gave me the girl, he gave it. me the yeah. grades, and then he walked away. And then he did it. Yeah. On the next go round. How can you it's, not love it? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, it's yeah, amazing I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I told <laughs> his mom, I was like, I was like, that moment I knew we had done the right thing. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I would have given it to him. But the idea that he didn't ask and try to negotiate, right. even though he had come so close but didn't quite meet the bar, right. I knew that he was he was we were on the right path yeah, with yeah. him.
2: And at that point, it sounded like he just wanted for himself. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it come with the deal. The deal was still the PlayStation or the game mm-hmm. system. But yeah. he wanted like, listen, I could get it. Yeah, and we what did what it
0: mean? with shoes too. Like, you know. He wanted, like, the nice, expensive shoes. I was mm-hmm. like, what you going to do for it? <laughs> <laughs> it's you like, know, no, until, until he was old enough to buy his own, you know. Sometimes people he like, hey, Dad, you want to contribute? <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> you know. Um, but nothing was given, you know. Being young, you know, being young, very influential time, you know, in the life of, of children in general. But, you know, specifically for this audience, for black men. Um, we are still burdened with the reality of our brown skin. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a way to raise a child uh, without having to come in contact with that reality. At some point, somebody or something will remind him or her Mm -hmm. uh, that you are a man or woman of color Mm -hmm. in, in our country. And I'm not saying that, you know, woe is me, us. I'm not I'm not saying that at right. all. But it is important that we understand that. So when it happens, we can recognize it and say, like, yeah, I, I thought that might show up. Right. You know what I mean? And not be completely and utterly devastated. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When someone in anger calls you nigger or mm-hmm. some other name, which is definitely greatly the reason why I don't like to just hear, you know, brothers or even mm-hmm. sisters just casually just this nigga this, this nigga that, that mm-hmm. nigga this, this. I'm like, yo, use your adverbs and and, and nouns and pronouns and, and, and you know, give me something else. Like we've all been to at least through twelve, you know, years of school. Let's let's just not casually degrade each other. Yeah. It's not uh in my opinion, it's not endearing. Because when it comes when it comes out in the delivery, it's not like, hey
2: buddy, I love you. Mm-hmm. It's
0: like, nah nigga, you was Right. ain't no loving that mm-hmm. you angry mm-hmm.
2: you know you know you, you bring up a good point and I think we see that a lot in our culture because the start it's uh it's your way of being heard mm-hmm. in a sense right so let me ask this so mm-hmm. to be heard is
0: it necessary to degrade the person listening
2: in a in an entertainment kind of field or let's just say uh musically mhm Yes. You know, I think when you see the music that's pushed the most, you know, radio, the popular music, and this and that, you're not going to find a lot of music that's uplifting the next man, the next woman, you know, especially in, in the black culture, right? Now, if I'm, you know, I got this Draco on me and I'm talking about it, I got a shot at the number one spot on the billboard, you know, or whatever the case is, if I'm talking about you know, pimping women and degrading and, uh, the them, I got a shot at the number one, you know, song on the billboard type thing. Um, and just as many songs where they're talking about that is just as many songs on the opposite end where um, you got a... Um, I love her, Rhapsody. Right. right. Uh, a female rapper, I think. And, and she, oh, yeah, Rhapsody. I mean, mm-hmm. she kills. Yeah. right. And she very has bars. Movie.
0: Yeah. And her music is to. We studied her my last semester in school. Yeah, yeah
2: I, I, I took her course, and she was literally the entire course curriculum was built around her. Every song is just almost uplifting, mm-hmm. you know, rather for black folks, rather for women or men, you know, it's positive things being said. Yeah, but they not putting her on the radio as much as uh, right? She is, you she know, has my not
1: one uh radio
2: hit, not one, <laughs> and we're talking about. I mean, her
1: discovery isn't you know. Much and she might I think what one album maybe maybe yeah yeah, yeah. So a, a couple player. of features yeah so don't yeah you don't hear her on the radio
2: okay? right yeah, yeah, yeah. and I mean you know now now that's a good point and in, in, in these industries know that you know they know once we start hearing things like uh, messages of unifying mm-hmm. you know and then, matter of fact you said you had saw the uh, Judas and the Black Messiah movie mm-hmm. Freya was trying to bring everybody together no matter which gang you was in. In Chicago, or whatever the case was, and no matter who you had beef with within the 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 black gangs or a groups community, it look the only the only enemy we got is the pigs. The only enemy we got is is this this white supremacy system. Mm-hmm. So as soon as we all link up and get together, we're stronger than ever. We could take down this system because we're going to demand things, and we're the ones that's the heartbeat to their revenues to. uh, who's buying their clothes who's buying their music who's listening to this and that I mean we're we're paying attention to everything that uh, white industries own right so we're the top dollar we take our dollar elsewhere just hold it out they have to come to the table and listen to our demands same thing with politics we hold our votes Mm -hmm. they have to come to the table and listen to our demands now we voted for Joe Biden right Joe said, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Right. That's what he told (laughs) us. Well, hell, I guess people listen, Joe. Because black folk voted for you. And here you go making, uh, or let me say this, you have not made a bill that was for black folks yet.
0: You know, that was an interesting um, comment. A part of me felt like that was a slip up.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. He got. Yeah, yeah, no. he, he got. But
0: it was already out. Yeah, but he was serious. like, <laughs> "Yo, come on, what you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you what know, you doing?" Remember the in uh, the MSNBC uh, female anchor who had the the uh, the slip up, the the snicker nigger comment mm-hmm. with Kobe mm-hmm. Bryant after Kobe's death. She mistakenly,
2: oh uh, yeah, 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 said yeah, 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 nigger yeah. on air. At least yeah. it sound like she said she, nigger oh
0: yeah and, and she, then she did her, she did try they to say tried something. to spin was it. it was like oh yeah. i I was you know I got tongue tied and i I was thinking of mm-hmm. the Knicks, and everybody was like, yeah, but Kobe's never played on the East Coast right Come on. <laughs> and as I was saying, it was more likely to be the most derogatory word in the English dictionary. It was never printed or defined to be an ignorant person, and that was something that I was told taught as a child like you know somebody call you a nigga you can call them a nigga if they were ignorant then it applied but not so it is it simply is uh exists to identify a person of dark skin typically uh, of African descent right and that is his definition so for me when I hear other brother's even women just casually just nigga this nigga that nigga this that don't make me feel good mm-hmm. I, I i don't feel endeared I, I know this generation has a very distant relationship to the ugliness attached to the word taj and i've had this conversation what was your your well, thought said, remind us i
1: said mostly people uh they'll use it as a, a term as an uh endearment it's never like uh used like as a hate thing well it could be but most of the time you hear black people say ah oh, my nigga like he my nigga mm-hmm. and that's a term of endearment for us
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah that's basically what I'm saying about it yeah.
0: Yeah. like it's always just casually right and yeah. so the story that comes to mind is the, the the lady from the from the news you know the N M N B C newscaster she was fired because of a slip up so I was like I don't but I agree with that you know if I can casually or endearing mm-hmm. you know be like my nigga yeah why can't she have the mistake now here is what I was thinking I think if she had just said my bad mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <That was weird>. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. mess that up I think we could have accepted the truth Mm-hmm. I think the statement which came afterwards, which was obviously a lie, is where people were like, "Yeah, no, I'm not buying that. I'm, I'm not buying the, you know, I was thinking of the Knicks and, you oh, know, right. I,
2: I, I'm kind of I'm kind of on the fence with that, right? Because, you know, like, well, I agree with both of y'all points, right? It's it's kind of alarming that we have turned this derogatory word into. Something we use daily, mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, I can't be exempt from it all the way. I've definitely used it in the past. Oh yeah, you know, you know, yeah, I mean, I'll just say naturally. This, I mean, it's we we like you said, we took it back and made it into a form of endearment. Change the meaning. Yeah. Now, so let me share this with you. The the meaning is still the
0: same. The mm, the yeah. meaning is it still is. the same. If you have to explain it, it means. It's that. still the same. Right. It's still the same. But I mean, isn't this it is the definition of language, right. right? It is a shared, a common, uh, collection of symbols, sounds, and such and such used to communicate. But isn't it weird that now we have a gray area on it, right? It, is it gray? It, definitely. I mean, because I, I, I see this black and white.
2: Like, don't call me nigga but under any circumstance. I get offended. Because if me and him hear it from one of our friends, they approach mm-hmm. us "What's up, my nigga?" "What's up, my nigga?" Oh, okay. We dapping them up, right? It's still a I'm cool with it. Yeah, yeah. there's oh no hesitation God. into <laughs> yeah, like yo, why you calling yo? Why you calling me? A <laughs> now the gray area comes when a white person says it, but they're rapping lyrics to a song. You see what <laughs> I mean? First, if it's still a cringe when they say it, mm-hmm. but their excuse is valid. So they, what's the cringe about though? Is it because? Because the white person because can be like, they're, what's they're, up, my Their forefathers
0: saw us as niggers Puerto Ricans used it, like, it Or, you know, like Hispanics, Dominicans. The like, Spanish mm. Spanish says it all the time. Yeah, they yeah. absolutely yeah. identify yeah. as, you know, like that
2: whole Afro-Latina, well, Latino here, thing. Here's the thing. What well, we got to be, where well, we got to make sure we, it, it got eventually we got to start creating some type of structure around this, right? Mm-hmm. Because if it's a black thing, okay, and Latino community uses it all right so y'all part of us y'all black
1: why can't we see when you start calling
2: latino black they say no 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 then they go into you know what makes them panamanian puerto rican right so wait a second this term is for us Mm -hmm. this term is used by us Mm -hmm. and because it was it was used against us and now we've taken it back and manipulated in our way Mm -hmm. y'all think y'all could jump on board hold on you are you saying that you with us and if you're not Then you can't use the word A lot of cultures do
0: and I mean Any mm-hmm. Remember the saying You know One drop of black rule applies So mm-hmm. If there's a nationality Or your heritage Includes Afro Or African
2: What if it don't
0: You know What if it don't But this, that's the argument Right mm-hmm. Because some people Just feel like Yo The word nigger Should never be used Right Under any circumstance mm-hmm. Because it is so derogatory Because it It insults mm-hmm. So deeply It is and, you know burrowed so ugly i mean i remember reading the words in so many different slave narratives where it was there's a story uh in the narrative written by ellen and william craft mm-hmm. and there's a, there's a, a portion of their journey where and in this particular story the wife is disguised as a white man because she is biracial and she presents as white Um so she disguises herself as a man who is traveling with her nigger and the nigger in this case is her husband William who is also a slave and they're escaping And this happens a couple of days before Christmas around like the 22nd of Christmas and their journey tra- their journey to freedom takes place over the next couple of days which of course um, results in freedom on Christmas Day. Um, but they're sitting there and she, uh, her husband, William, is off to the side and she, uh, a, a white woman approaches her and she thinks that her husband, William, is, as she calls it, her nigger Ned. Mm-hmm. And when I read those words, the first person I thought about was Kathy Bates, to be honest. I was like, that sounds awesome. like some Kathy Bates shit. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But, The idea that it's on site, you know, it wasn't that man, that bellhop, the you know, whatever he was doing. He was carrying her bags, you know, your assistant, your butler. It was that nigger looked like my nigger, Ned. When I read those words, it makes me consider, reconsider, you know the true definition the value or the devaluing of the word nigga you know by anybody you know black white spanish and different um so I, for for me it's like you know i try not to you know, mm-hmm. I would rather go with something else. Yeah, not respect. I, I'm that. more likely to call you a bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then I, than, it, yeah. <laughs> and, and
2: it's definitely, you know, I'm, I'm to the point where you know it won't stop in our community. You know, as far as us using it or, yeah, or people uh, in our community using this terms. Of I just want people to know violence. Like
0: when you like, like like make the choice. Don't be so yeah. cavalier with it yeah. that you forget the power of that word. Because mm-hmm. in the wrong setting or in the wrong hands that word that same word that you greet with will absolutely devalue you mm-hmm. and that's why I mean when i say you know the definition hasn't changed mm-hmm. because we can greet what's up my nigga and it's cool mm-hmm. but change my skin color or someone of a different color says it mm-hmm. it's the same word right you know he's like what's up my nigga right. my who why we got problems throw hands right, right you know what I mean like catch them yeah. like all of them yeah,
2: yeah. I, I think um, you know I think this is a result of never knowing our true language mm-hmm. I mean yeah. you know we, we came over and it got completely wiped out oh yeah right so our terms of endearment could have been God knows what it but was probably something like brother I mean yeah you know what I mean <laughs> just, just translated yeah something translated brother and uh yeah. I forgot who I heard it from but they were talking about um they, they were siding with what you're saying now right you know it's easy to say I'm gonna kill that nigga mm-hmm. you know it's easy to say I don't care about that nigga you know or you know this nigga this nigga could die but it's hard to say I'm gonna kill that brother mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's, it, this it brother values could you. yeah I'm gonna yeah. kill that sister you know, it, I mean, mm-hmm. now, now you you put in some type of attachment that's 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 worth value, high mm-hmm. value. Yeah, you know, and and now, but what's what's going to be pushed continuously is the nigga. So I mean, mm-hmm. it is this weird place to be when you you accept it, but you don't use it. Yeah. or you don't I, use I, it I, you,
0: for me I, I challenge all of my friends man whenever possible and and even for those who are listening now to you know to make a choice to to not you know what I'm saying to refer you know I get it sometimes it just applies <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying um, but to make that choice not to just so casually you know just refer to you know your brother, you know, you you don't have to know him, right. but that he doesn't have to be, you know, just that nigga, nigga this, nigga this, nigga right. this, especially when I hear it just like, just so blatantly, just casually, like, bruh, there's a number of nouns you could have right. used there, right. right? you know, even creatively, like, you know, new rappers, you can always tell when he's about to suck, right, because right? it's like, Ugh. uh uh, Right, at least three, uh, mm-hmm. and then you know
2: the rest of the words are like, I'm, I'm, "nigga this, nigga that." On um, yeah. sounds like it might give some real good bars, but <laughs> usually it comes out yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know. So, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, man. You know, up. you're I right. Think I think it's
1: weird that I'm gonna say this, but if it doesn't make sense, you cut it out or whatever. But um, we're like the only culture who uses the the, the demeaning words towards each other, like. Hmm for example, like the LGBTQ community, they don't use the F word towards each other. Mm-hmm. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, all the other words. Mm-hmm. From their, yeah. uh, you don't hear it in the Hispanic cultures. Yeah, no one bad, says, after. what's up, my spick?
2: Right. right. Well, my went back. Right. Only, mm-hmm. My cracker,
0: know, my honky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't yeah. hear that. And Absolutely. we're the only,
1: now that we're talking about, I had that thought that we're only the only ethnicity that uses, you know, a demeaning word towards mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. And we twisted it and turned it into a, uh, a, a greeting or just I'll
0: keep saying word. that it, it's it's used but it's used incorrectly mm-hmm. yeah. but it, it
2: hasn't changed it, the, the word still means what it means yeah. you know yeah. in the in the education field mm-hmm. um, especially at like title one schools the yeah. uh, you know kids that come from, from poverty stricken neighborhoods and things of that nature right mm-hmm. you know we still got kids that can't read in 2021 right
1: don't know how to tell time. Yeah, yeah, yeah so you don't know they they wanna,
0: yeah, hey, yeah. You, you give them some dials, it it's it a wrap. It it <laughs> really, it's like, what?
2: you don't. They got to look at their phones. It's the time. simple things, right? I mean, cultures... Some cultures don't even have to worry about this. This is embedded in their disciplines and their teachings, mm-hmm. right? ABCs, one, two, threes. You're going to learn that immediately and often and early. Yeah. Our culture is still behind on how much of a priority it is to have knowledge, to learn, to read, and write. right? Mm -hmm. And we go back into when we weren't allowed in the school systems. Um, As you know, I'm at the University of Louisiana. um, And right now we're putting together a centennial celebration for the College of Liberal Arts. It's the 100th anniversary of the College of Liberal Arts. So I've been doing research. We're putting a book together to talk about the timeline from 1921 all the way to today. Mm-hmm. And you go back and look at the archives of, number one, the first students at the university total. I think it may have been 40, you know, 50 students, something like that. Very small starting out. Of course, all Caucasians. Mm-hmm. Right? Then you start looking over the years. Now you're seeing pictures and pictures, yearbook, yearbooks, yearbooks all Caucasians. I didn't see the first black person till the 60s. And when I did see them, they were the laundromat cleaners. Mm. Mm. They were doing everybody's sheets, towels, and blah, blah, blah. Mm. So, the fact that these cultures had, let's say, bare minimum, a hundred years start on us in the education field. Bare minimum. Um... We have to double down on these readings and, and writings, mathematics, things like that, because we have to play catch up. Mm-hmm. And whenever a parent skips out on doing that for their child, or placing that importance for their child to learn these things, you two generations behind, you three generations, you four or five generations behind, compared to cultures that's been thriving for seven, eight, nine generations in a row you see what I mean so that separation is it's one of the it's bigger gap between rich and poor at this point Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so how do you catch up it just it all it takes is one all it takes is one to be taught or to be taught how um, important this is Mm -hmm. and to practice 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 Mm -hmm. the entire time you know my my grandmother uh, God rest her soul she misspelled words Mm-hmm. you know simple words but the priority wasn't you know reading and writing during her time priority was survive mm-hmm. work and work yeah. you know have children you know mm-hmm. create enough children you create a business or at least enough people to help out mm-hmm. right with bills or food and this and that um, our generation now has options man I mean people are becoming millionaires behind phones um, you could network Instagram, Insta- you I mean too. everything. You're this reading Bitcoin degree. mining, thing. everything, right? So you have so many opportunities, but we got to make sure we still prioritize these things that made other cultures thrive and businesses yeah. today. You know, yeah. you can't read your contract; you signing your life away every right. single time. That's a wrap. And Education is necessary every time, buddy. Yeah,
0: yeah. That was like I said. That was the the experience of, of how we met. You know, shout out to the HBCUs. want shout to Six, seven of them. Big um, shout out. You know, now you're done with undergrad and you're taking up residence at a graduate program
2: at LSU. Or uh, right. ULL. ULL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the, sorry. The, the, the real school in Louisiana. No, no shade <laughs> to LSU, man. Y'all tough too. ULL. Uh how's that been for you? It's been a nice experience. Uh-huh. Uh, it's definitely been one I haven't expected because... Number one, the pandemic. Hmm. Uh, you know, that threw a monkey wrench in every single plan for everybody. So um, it was the first time, you know, all classes been online, you know, the Zoom meetings, the Zoom mm-hmm. chats. Yes. Um, you go to campus and now, uh, U L is a uh D one school, so it's it was bigger than Fayetteville State. Um and the size of the campus is huge. And when you talk to former or not former, but when you talk to deans, assistants, students, um, they always brag about how large, you know, the student population is. Well, by the time I got there during the pandemic, it's a ghost town, right? For good reasons. Mm-hmm. So seeing um, seeing it in, in, in not as full context is one thing, but uh, just the entire experience of graduate work, new city, new state, mm-hmm. Are you working as well? Yes. So you're working, is it full-time, part-time? Uh, full, part-time. Part-time, part-time yeah. Work. So I uh, earned a graduate assistantship down okay. there. Awesome. The, right, with the College of Liberal Arts. And what that does is pay for my full tuition grad uh, grad school-wise. And it also allows me to work on campus, and you get a stipend each month. Mm-hmm. So that was the main thing that I, I had to go to Louisiana yeah because you know, I had to be in person for the work, mm-hmm. but the classes were going to be online while they figured out you know how the pandemic mm-hmm. was going to go um and i mean that's that's things that I had no clue about till my last semester of undergrad now I know there's other cultures that already have these things lined up or been told to them or has been performed in their family right, mm-hmm. but nobody in my family has a master's degree nobody has gone to get a master's on a On a assistantship. first generation. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. And then big shout out to my mother. She's getting her bachelor's uh, next spring as well. Awesome. Congratulations, Mama Davis. Yeah, so big shout out to her. And what school is she? Regent University. Mm -hmm. Regent University. Yeah, I think it'll be in uh, theological, biblical studies, somewhere around there. If I'm I'm saying it wrong, I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I thought I wanted to go to grad school, um,
0: I uh, I applied for an assistantship mm-hmm. at North Carolina State. Mm-hmm. They said no. That's uh, right. they I burned like a candle. I, yeah. yeah, I burned a candle at both ends. You know, um, I'm a beast at what I do. Right. I don't even do it if I'm not going to do it well. Right. Um. But I asked God to open the doors for me, and I had two things on my mind. One was I thought I should go to grad school, and the other was to become an educator which I'm super passionate about. And that was a door that swung open. And every time I interviewed, they were like, we want that guy. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, that's the door. We're walking right through it. So So, I may return to grad school. I do enjoy being retired. I like the idea of having that, having completed a career mm -hmm. and starting another and still be young enough to enjoy it uh, and be of a mindset. You know, that I can make some change and a difference and be creative with how I teach English and lit, you know, Mm -hmm. to these young brothers and sisters coming up. So, you know, that's the gift. You know what I'm saying? That's the part. I mean, I'm no longer young or older now, but, you know, being just that young, gifted, and black in the 21st century, Mm -hmm. it gives us opportunities that our ancestors did not have. We Mm -hmm. are literally the embodiment. Of that dream right you yeah. know access to, to to finances and stability mm-hmm. owning homes and driving cars that people question you, what you do to drive this car yeah. uh, you know back in the day we were the drivers of other people's cars you know and so there's growth you know and there's an opportunity to celebrate that uh, there's reason to you know despite you know some of the things that we see happening in our world you know we all experience january 6th you know insurrection at the Capitol. it was the biggest like aha Mm -hmm. for america in a very long time Mm -hmm. because the whole world got to watch what white privilege looks like Mm -hmm. when it's angered Mm -hmm. and this time its target was its own people Mm -hmm. yeah and so for those of us of color we were like yeah well we knew this already
2: yeah and that's 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 the issue you Mm -hmm. know this is you know, those people at the riot in the Capitol were the people that are not threats, quote unquote. Right. But they were country. Yeah, they're the big they're the biggest oh, yeah. threat. They're right. The but, biggest threat. but see, we've always known that. Yeah. The the black community. We've <laughs> look, yeah. it's 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 hard to ignore the facts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when the world sees it and, and just how they seen the police brutality, just how they seen the social injustices we deal with as a black community in this yeah. country. It's, it, it's like an eye opener for them but it's getting to the point it's so old for us yeah. now since it's old for us conversations have been held mm-hmm. it's just magnified now or it's yeah. just showcased you know, discussion panels and this, mm-hmm. but let's get past that as yeah. well because the conversations are going into a dead end where yeah, you yeah. talk what about what we the need problem. is the change. We need, we need we let's the, yeah. talk about the solution. Yeah, we need the change, right? We need to see the actions. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean because we're saying that we we need this to change. Well, how? And you know, I got a couple solutions, right? We talk about reparations. Well, I started in the education field because I'm familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Every African-American student that graduates high school with at least a 3.5 or higher, if they're going into a PWI, with predominantly white institution for college, they should get a full ride. Mm-hmm. If they go into an HBC, they should get at least 50%, 75% tuition covered. Mm-hmm. Why 50 or 70% for the HBC? Because we know HBC still need to be funded uh, uh, way better than they had before. Right? That was genius. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's start. So you you see what I mean? You see the difference in that, how I think compared to mm-hmm. these, these, I'm tired of conversations yeah. because I already got my solution in my mind on what we need to do. Right. Same thing with, um, you know, we, we, we need to put Joe Biden on the pedestal and say, you need to reach these demands that you have promised. The George Floyd bill is sitting on the table right now mm-hmm. where it would reform the police. Police is the biggest gang in America. They'll kill you and get off. I tell you, the the
0: fear of that is simply the idea that black people Mm. might overcome. Shit. You know, we on the way through I mean, population. The, yeah, you know what the mean? police right now yeah. really. I mean, yeah, yeah, we we on you the way know. through population too much. And when I say police, I'm talking about the entity and not the individual, right? Yep. Right? Yep. The system. You know, yeah, the system itself. So that construct mm-hmm. it needs to be, you and know they, and they saying, they know that. it needs to be managed because right now there is, there has been for quite some time, like a simple acceptance of. Whatever whatever they did was just mm-hmm. because of what they do mm-hmm. or who they are. Who they are. are, right, who they are. We saw it with Amber Geiger. And, and, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but ma'am, even if you walk into the wrong house, it's not necessary to kill the person mm-hmm. sitting in the sofa eating ice cream in the pair of uh, underwear and a t shirt. Like, what is he going to do? Beat you to death at Rocky yeah, Road?
1: Those house invasions are the, like the. I mean, they're yeah. all tragic, but those are like just, just worse like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right mm-hmm. yeah. Rihanna Taylor unnecessary yeah. can you imagine y'all being a teacher and there's a fight that insinuates in another classroom and you go to a classroom but it's the wrong classroom and you grab up a kid and you put him in a chokehold and kill him mm-hmm. right and, and you say to the parents do you, my right? Bad. my bad do you think Cumberland County schools or any school system that you're oh, no. a part of is going to just give you a slap on the wrist. Right. They're going to make you an example. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you know, Let's teach him, him teachers are underpaid and they're mm-hmm. stressed. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. There have been so
0: many fights. It's, it was so easy to walk into that empty room and grab that that lone
2: child I, and I choke him out. Yeah. Look, 99% of professions don't allow you to make mistakes and just... Walk away with like huge mistakes. Yeah, since that's what they want to call life. Changing a, yeah, li- life, life, ending <laughs> mistakes. Yeah, except the police. set the po- They have an immunity that is just the, one of the the biggest things ever. But mm-hmm. let's look at what we did to it's create something. And white privilege, right? Now, when when MLK was um and and our people were doing the uh the boycotts, the protests, the sit-ins, and things like that. We were affecting the, the, economic, the economics of these white industries. You know, transportation, restaurants, whatever the case was. They weren't getting their money from us. Mm-hmm. So, they started to make actual change. They implemented amendments. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I could be. So, please correct me. It may be like the 15 16th amendment that they inserted during those, uh, those civil rights movements. Right? The, the civil rights movement, the result of that came with amendments. You can't take an amendment now. Mm-hmm. You add another one to nullify it, but I don't think you could just take just out. Remove yeah, it. Just remove it. Yeah, just remove it. So, they got to a solution. And MLK wasn't done, which is why they killed him off. Government killed him off. CIA, anybody. It was somebody in the suit. You Yeah, come on now. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a nonviolent leader get killed at, at the, in the most violent way. Yeah. Oh, he had to be the most powerful man in the world, and they knew that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He created change that stuck so now we're lost we're in this point where george floyd happens it's the first time in the global history all seven continents protested together yeah we had the entire the ear of the entire world his death we don't have one change from it
0: his death literally had has the ability to recreate
2: or reignite what dr king is done though it's done yeah the verdict's already been passed Derek is getting his 22.5 they threw us a bone Mm -hmm. anytime we uproar and everybody Mm -hmm. in the world knows that this system here is wrong for what they did to one of ours mm -hmm. they throw us a bone juneteenth
0: it changed yeah it changed the conversation In, in, yeah, in, and, in, yeah, yeah. We're yeah, gonna take, you know, change for, like the, the like brown, brown band aid. Like we're
2: asking for <laughs> systematic changes yeah. in uh, uh, education, in the health industry, in the uh, uh, banking industry. We're asking for these changes in there. Mm-hmm. But instead, they will going say, "Hmm, we hear you." I know what we'll do. We'll give y'all National Chicken Day or something. You know, we'll give y'all Juneteenth. We'll we'll take another statue down. All right. We ain't going to give y'all what y'all want. We're going to give y'all some shut y'all up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It,
1: yeah, it's the little stuff. We'll name this road George Floyd. Yeah. All right. Now,
2: what we have to do is make sure we check ourselves. Yeah. All right. They did this. Guys, are we satisfied? No. So what do we do now? We go back and demand. Y'all still not listening to us. So now we take our business. Now we take our money. Now we take our re- We take everything that we have and we are and we get it away from y'all. Mm-hmm. They will feel that effect. They will lose out. TikTok, we blown that up. Uh, uh, what's the other one where it was like a something house? You had to get invited to it. Oh, um, Clubhouse. Clubhouse yeah. We blew it up. Twitter, we blown it up. Instagram. Do you know where they got those poses from? Like the girls and the males and stuff like that. Like when they posing with the... You know what I'm saying like the mm. the entire style that that is portrayed on these social media platforms mm. I mean they get it from us. the style the culture is ours, yeah, so whenever we take all that back, you're gonna be left with a piece of bland chicken mm. <laughs> something that you know I mean they're back to but a, a bland chicken we mm. season everything right, and we bring money so you know when we start to realize the power that we have. And we start to realize that whenever they do these little things, um, shout out to uh, my best friend, one of my best friends, Colin Strutter, he orchestrated the symbol around the market house, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, whenever they were doing the uh, the Black Lives Matter thing, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. orchestrated that, so big shout out to him. That's also another bone by the government, Mm -hmm. you know, and we know that. Let's do that, but let's not take down the market house. But the market house is still. Yeah, paying. let's. We're gonna leave the market house. We want. Yeah. We want y'all to know that we sold y'all Negroes under here, but we'll put something around it, you know, and let everybody. Black lives yeah. matter. Yeah, we'll put black. You know, black. I think it's all lives. They <laughs> had three easy it, installments it black of 1999. Lives. It was Black Lives Matter, huh and I think now it's like All Lives Matter, mm-hmm. you know. Or it, it, regardless is that a bone. You know, we're not saying take down the market house or we're not putting our business in downtown area. We're not pulling out. Mm. You know, take down the market house or, or, you know, we will be at city council every single day in a mob with pitchforks. I mean, it has to get to that point. Now, when George Floyd protests broke out, everybody's breaking the Walmart. Everybody's looting. Right. Everybody you know what I'm saying? Everybody's on it was fire. In, it
0: was in the news and photographs of people walking out of stores with like five and six bags do, and do boxes you, do of stuff. Do
2: you shoes think that the higher ups in the Walmarts and the Targets and everybody else, and the businesses that felt these uh these looting acts, do you think they were worried about it beyond oh, a no. month or two or nah. three or even two weeks? No. Not Let either. them have their fun now. It's yeah. going to die down. They'll be distracted by WAP. They'll be distracted by <laughs> uh, guns and butter. You know, we're going to go back to the bullshit that we used to. Mm-hmm. Right? Or we'll post a picture on Instagram. Remember the Blackout Tuesday or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Post a, a, all black pictures because we don't, we don't want people to see. P- whatever the oh, reason right, was. What, that was what is that? What are we doing? What is, what, did that implement any systematic change? No. No. Nah, because Ass Shots was back on Instagram the very next day you know dude showing off money on the arms was back on instagram the very next day so what are we really doing when we go into these protests and 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 chanting and walking in the streets mm-hmm. during the george floyd protest yeah people wanted to be there to see what was going what to, to
0: happen. happen yeah i'll say this and, I'll, and we're gonna we're gonna end on that note because that was here in fairville that was Big mm-hmm. the market house situation. Mm-hmm. I was down there with the camera photographing so I photographed the George Floyd uh viewing and the funeral mm-hmm. and the people came out um to support that, you know, his mm-hmm. stepmom, yep. faculty staff member at, at FSU, that was all like wow, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. for me. But here's where we where we learn something or we don't. Mm-hmm. Right, when we actually live in a time where we experience something that could unify you know what I'm saying us mm-hmm. and or give us something else that divides us mm-hmm. and, and by that, I mean when we don't get the change right you know, or when we continue to become a detriment to our own mm-hmm. you know to our own so. I appreciate you coming, man. I do. We have had some really good conversation. Uh, I'm so excited that we got a chance to do this. Um, Yeah. You know, so congratulations at at grad school. Appreciate Uh, you, man. I'm hoping that you're going to stay in the education
2: field. Yes. Yes when the, if they give me the right deal absolutely yeah yeah they give me the right deal i won't be shackled by their uh <laughs> lack of paying teachers and this and that y'all gonna have to bring the bag again. bring the bring the bag that's yeah. right so you heard it here first ladies and gentlemen
0: uh thank you again Devin davis for joining us uh todd you got any last words
1: i uh, don't no, i'm not good with conclusions but... okay <laughs>
0: so no last words from Todd's, but uh But yeah, this has been an an awesome opportunity to just discuss, again, another narrative. So you heard it here from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Uh, Young uh, Devin Davis, educator, black man, innovator, uh, up and coming. So good luck and uh, wish you well in your future endeavors.
3: Thank you guys so much for listening, for taking the time to press play on another episode of On Being a Black Man. We have truly enjoyed ourselves on this journey so far. So just to say thank you to those individuals who are listening, Australia, I see you, Germany, I see you, the Philippines, I see you, West Coast, California, I see you, North Carolina, I see you. Thank you for those emails and messages of support. Continue listening. Continue to share. Share it with your friends. Share it with your enemies. All right? Just share. This has been another episode of On Being a Black Man. I am your host, Lawrence Jones. Thank you for listening.